afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Your loving kindness towards us. Your tender mercy I see. And it's day after day Forever faithful towards me You've always provided for me Oh, great is your mercy towards me Great is your grace, great is your mercy towards me, your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercy I see, and it's day after day. for me great is your mercy towards me great is your grace forever faithful towards me you've always provided for me Oh, great is your mercy towards me. Great is your grace. I'm going to sing it one more time. You're forever faithful towards me. You've always provided for me. Great is your mercy towards me. Great is your grace. He's forever faithful. Everybody standing in the house this morning, say that with me. Forever faithful. One more time. Forever faithful. He's always faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness. Yes. Praise God. We're going to start a brand new sermon series today. And uh, it's going to be a Christmas themed series called Christmas Gifts. And we're going to talk today about a we're going to talk about God's faithfulness is what we're going to talk about today. Thank you for that great song. Um, but I want you to ask God to help you to receive the word of God today. Amen. We're not going to read a scripture at the beginning. I'm going to be reading scripture, a, a portion of 
Luke all the way through my message. And so we're going to just talk about the, the, the first chapter of Luke this morning and the faithfulness of God. We're going to talk about hope. How many are glad that you got some hope? Jesus, I pray today, God, for every single one of us in this room. God, we're so grateful today that you've been so faithful, God. We can depend on you and we can't depend on anything else. God, you're there every single step of the way, God. Sometimes we don't feel it, but God, you're always there. And God, I pray for people that today, they're holding on to hope. God, they've got a faith that's strong. God, things might not be the way they want them today, but God, help them to understand that your promises are true. And God, you always come through. God, I pray you would help us to receive your word today. God, speak to us today through the power of your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you as you are seated. Talking about the gifts of Christmas today. Over the next few weeks, we'll be opening different gifts of Christmas. Sometimes, you know, we're all about the gift that we're going to get on Christmas morning. How many have something that you're looking to receive on Christmas morning? You know, when we get to be older, beyond the, the child stage, sometimes the gifts get more expensive. Even as my kids get older, those gifts become larger in dollar value. Usually they're smaller, but they, they cost more. But really, I want us to understand that many of the gifts that we have are not gifts that we receive on a Christmas morning under a Christmas tree. There, there are gifts that you've received this day that we don't even consider gifts. So over this next few weeks, I'm not going to come and give you all great presents, but there are some gifts in the Word of God that God wants us to understand. They're for us, and, and they're for you today. And, and one of the gifts that we're going to talk about today is the gift of hope. Turning in your Bibles, you can stay seated for the reading of the Word of God today. Romans chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation because it just kind of made it a little bit easier to understand, I felt, for today's sermon. And in the, another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come. Everybody say, will come. He will rule. Everybody say, will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse here is talking about the things that we're to receive. We're to receive the hope that comes from God himself. The Bible says here, he is the source of our hope. I'm thankful today for hope. One more verse of scripture, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering let us do what hold fast to the confession of our hope not wavering for he who promised is faithful are you glad today that you're serving a God who is faithful brother Ricardo sang that song he's forever faithful forever faithful. He's a God that if he made some promises, 
those promises will come to pass. Now, for hope in our world today, we use that word all the time. I hope I get the job. I hope she likes me. I hope it doesn't snow this weekend. I, I hope they show up for dinner. I hope they get here on time. I hope, I hope, I hope. I hope the Blue Jays win. I hope I get that gift for Christmas. That is not the kind of hope we're talking about today in the Word of God. That is what we would consider a worldly hope. And the worldly hope, really, it's characterized by doubt. I hope they get here on time. Because really, you doubt they're going to get here on time. It's also couched in some fears or uncertainties. You know, I hope that that girl likes me. You know, you're, you're, there's uncertainty there. There's, there. there's a fear there. I hope I get that for Christmas. You, it's out of your control. There's a lack of control with a worldly hope. With a worldly hope, it may or it may not happen. But that's not the hope that I'm talking about here today in the Word of God. There is a biblical definition of hope that I want us to get in this room today. The Bible lets us know that through Jesus, we've got a hope that is sure. We've got a hope that is guaranteed. We don't got to think maybe so or hope so. No, it's I know so. Because God has told us, and if God said it, it's going to happen, whether I believe it or not. Amen? He is the source of our hope. But, but we live life as Christians. Many of us have been Christians for a while. And as you live life for God, sometimes we, we tend to lose that biblical hope. We begin to treat that biblical hope like it's the worldly hope. We, we begin to become uncertain and we begin fearful um, because there's a waiting period sometimes. How, how many know that with God's promises, sometimes you have to do some waiting? We don't like the waiting period. None of us like to wait we want things to happen on our time clock. We, we, we like things to happen in our society. We like the instant, quick, microwave, fast food, drive-through. But you know, even at the drive-through, sometimes you have to wait. They say at Starbucks, the average wait time in their drive-through is, is five to seven minutes. Now, I've gone where, where I go to the drive-thru. Usually, I'm the only one in line, and it's quick. But that, that's the, the average. We, we don't want to wait, even at Starbucks, for that coffee or that tea or that bacon gouda breakfast sandwich <laughs> that some of my family had this morning on the way to church. We don't want to wait in the airport security line. They say the average wait time there is about 28 minutes across North America. I've been in those lines and I've waited a whole lot longer than 28 minutes. I'll give you a little secret. Get the Nexus Pass. 50, 50 American dollars, five years, you get in the fast lane. 
And you can keep your shoes on, your belt on, your coat on, and your liquids in your bag. Just, just saying. We don't like to wait. But, but in God's economy, there's sometimes going to be a wait. Christmas is coming very quickly. In fact, it surprises me how quickly it is coming. My wife and I have got a lot of work to do. We've got money to spend that we do not have. No, I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> don't spend money you don't have. You don't want Christmas and Santa Claus coming to haunt you in January. Spend what you've got and only what you've got. Christmas is coming quickly. But for kids, I remember being a kid. I remember my kids were like, it's like every day. Is it Christmas yet? There, there's the wait for Christmas. And when they finally get old enough to know what Christmas means, and I think we here in Canada, we, we sometimes do our kids a disservice because we provide them a lot of gifts at Christmas. We woke up with our kids, and, and I mean, we've got presents all over the living room floor. What are we doing to our kids? And so they, they get that experience at three or four years old, and they think, Christmas is good. I can't wait for Christmas. How many days is it? No, it's, it's 12 months away. Well, and as you get closer, it's like the kids, they think it's never, ever going to get there. The weeks go by, the days go by, the hours go by. They would like it to be tomorrow. They actually would like it to be today. But you know what? I'll tell you something. Christmas morning is coming. I know that's a big spiritual truth that you didn't know but it is coming. Christmas is coming. How many, how many are ready for that event already? There's a few hands raised. How, how many have still some stuff to do before it happens? There's most of us in the room. Christmas is coming. And just like the word of God, Christmas morning, the promise of Christmas morning, it will be here. One of these days, the kids are going to wake up. And it will be Christmas morning. And the promises in God's word, we sometimes think, is it ever going to happen? Is God ever going to come through on that one, Brother Ricardo? I've been praying about this for a long time. Is God going to show up? I just want to tell someone here today, it's going to happen. Because the word of God's promises are true. The Bible says the things in this book are forever settled in heaven. They will come to pass. Hallelujah. But, but this dynamic of waiting, it's not just new in, in our society, in our time today. This was set up in the Christmas story. That there were a couple of people that had to wait a long time. For God to answer. We're going to talk about that today. You see the children of Israel. The Jewish people. They, they'd be given some promises. And they were waiting. They, they were waiting. They were waiting. There was a remnant. The Bible calls them a remnant of people. They, they held on to the promise. They held on to the truths. They waited every single day. And they weren't waiting for Christmas morning and Santa Claus to arrive. 
They were waiting for one thing and one thing only. They were looking forward to the day the Messiah would come. They were waiting for the promised one that would show up. So for generations now, this group of people called the remnant, they lived every day obedient to God's word. They lived every day looking forward to that moment, that time that the Messiah would come finally. Generations would come. Generations would go. Many of them died not experiencing it, but they waited. They had hope. They prayed. They hoped. They waited. But they remained faithful because they had a hope. But um, along the way, there were people that abandoned that hope. You know what? That happens in life sometimes. There were people that, I oh, know, I believe the Messiah is coming. But there were some that, that didn't believe that, and they said, no, no, it's not happened yet. It's not happened in Grandma's li- lifetime, Grandpa's lifetime. It's not going to happen. In, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not going to believe those promises anymore. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to find two people. This is, this is after there had been silence by God for hundreds of years. God hadn't acted. God hadn't done anything. God hadn't spoken. And and here we have some people who were faithful. Everybody say faithful. They had heard the promises. They had heard their grandparents and their parents talking about the day that the Messiah was going to come. And the Bible lets us know that there's this couple by the name of Zacharias and Elizabeth who they had the gift of hope. You know, in life sometimes it seems that God is quiet. How many have ever experienced that? It seems like God is silent. He's not, he's not acting. But as the song sings, we sing sometimes says, even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's at work. You've got to keep your faith strong. You've got to hold on to hope because God's promises are true. In those times of when it seems God's not doing anything, what we have to do is keep on calling on Him. Keep on praying. The answer's not come yet, but I'm going to keep on praying. You might be tempted to give up on God when God doesn't answer quickly. But I want to encourage someone today by the Word of God. Never Give up on hope. Serve God faithfully. Obey his word. Because God is still in control. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. We're going to kind of read through many verses in this chapter as we look at the the couple named Zacharias and Elizabeth. In, In your Bibles, verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of a His wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. These two people, they they were married. They they were both from a priestly line of leaders. They were what we'd call today preacher's kids. Their fathers were ministers, and their grandfathers were ministers, and their great-grand... They were from a long line of ministry 
And here, here we have them being introduced here in Luke chapter 1. Verse 6 says, And they were both righteous before God. They were walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. That, that's amazing to me. God had not spoken for hundreds of years, but they were standing on a promise that the Messiah was going to come one day. And, and they knew that there were commandments in God's word, and they were going to follow them. They were blameless. They observed all the commandments. They were holy. Now that's a big deal. God hadn't spoken. They not, never felt any goosebumps on a Sunday morning church service. God hadn't answered any prayers. But the Bible says they, they had something that I want us to have today. They had a hope in the promise. They, they had a, a, a confidence that even though they hadn't felt it yet, even though they hadn't experienced it yet, they're going to keep doing the right thing. They're going to keep living the right way. They were going to live holy, and they were going to observe the commandments in the Word of God. If you were to hire a private detective to follow Zacharias and Elizabeth, spy on this couple, they could not find any dirt on this couple because the Bible says they were blameless. Living on promises from the past. Promises that were handed down by their grandparents, by their parents, by their forefathers. For hundreds of years, they were standing on these Old Testament promises. In fact, the Word of God in the Old Testament, there, there's over 300 prophecies about the Messiah coming, where he's going to be born how he was going to live, where he would die, how he would die, etc. 300 different prophecies concerning the Messiah. That's a lot of information. You know what God was doing? God was making it very plain that the people that were looking for him, there would be enough information about how it was going to happen. They would recognize him when he showed up. These prophecies, some of them were given over 700 years before. One of them is Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you, out of Bethlehem, shall come forth to me the one. Everybody say the one. It's, it's going to come forth the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. It's going to be a ruler. There's going to be a Messiah that's going to come out of Bethlehem. What a great promise. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. There's going to be something you're going to see. There's going to be something tangible that's going to let you know it's the Messiah. There's going to be a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they, they were holding on to these and hundreds of other prophecies as a promise. It seems like God had not done anything for a long time. But yet they were... Crying out 
Emmanuel, come. There's a Christmas carol that's sung sometimes. It's one of those ones that's done in the minor keys a little bit. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Ransom captive Israel. That was their cry. Oh, come. Babylonians came in and inhabited the land and took many of them captive. It's a good time to come, Emmanuel. We need you. You said you're going to come. Are you going to come today? He didn't come that day. The Romans, you know, took over and they were under Roman tyranny. And I'm sure they, they were crying out, Oh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, come. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Here in this room, I know that some of you have been praying some prayers for a long time. You haven't seen the answer come yet. You haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise yet. What are you going to do while you're waiting? Are you going to give up on God? Are you going to walk and back away from God and go do your own thing because God hasn't answered yet? No. I encourage you to hold on to the promise. I encourage you to, to hold on to your hope in the Word of God because this is not a hope that's a worldly hope. It's a hope that's secure. It's a, a hope that will last and stand the test of time. It's something that you can go to the bank with and you can cash that check because the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were, they were righteous, good people. And, and I, you know, good people, you'd expect that everything's going to go right for them, right? Wouldn't it be good if, if everything went right in our lives? How, how many would like everything just to go right? All of us would like that. This blameless couple, this couple that, that they, they've been following after God, they, they've been, you know, doing all the right things for, for years and years. You would expect that they'd have a perfect life. But the opposite was true. Verse 7 says, They had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. You know what? Barrenness, Sister Sudetu, she does, she does the part of Elizabeth at the evening in December production. You need to come tonight and hear her. Um, she talks about it. When you're barren, it's like there's no hope. But there was hope because they were holding on to the promises of God. Barrenness was not something to be wanted for sure because in that society, to be barren what was it almost like you were cursed. What did you do wrong? How come you don't have kids? Because having kids seemed like God was showing his favor upon you. And when you can't have kids, it seemed like in that society that maybe God thought you had done something wrong. But Elizabeth remained hopeful in the promises. Through those younger years, they were, I'm sure, looking forward to that baby boy or baby girl to come, and the baby didn't come. In the middle years, I'm not sure when they gave up, that they, you know, okay, whatever, it's not going to happen. But in the middle years, it didn't happen. And, and now they're in their latter years. The Bible says they were both well advanced in their years. Still, no child. But Zacharias and Elizabeth didn't give up on God. Still, day after day, week after week, they got up and they, they were waiting for one thing, and that was the promised Messiah to come. They served God in the temple. 
And they remained faithful to God in spite of the fact that God had not answered their prayers yet. It's interesting how this great story, the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, begins with the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1. You know, you see, God was getting ready to do something grand. And so it's almost like it's the, the prelude to what God's getting ready to do. It's almost like it's the concert before the concert. The pre-concert. Because God, God's getting ready to do something so magnificent in the history timeline. But he just kind of starts, he kind of makes his debut with Zacharias and Elizabeth. Because God had promised back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he said that through your seed, all the nations of the world would be blessed. That, that was a promise. That there's going to be one coming after you that's going to bless the entire world. And this was about to be unfolded. So I, I, I just want, to, I want us all to be encouraged today from this story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. You might be wondering, is God really hearing me? Is God ever going to answer that prayer? Does God even care where I'm at in life? Does he even love me? Is there any reason to hope? I want to tell someone here today, there's a reason to hope. If God has given you a promise, you need to stand on that promise in spite of what's going on, in spite of the fact that you don't know when it's going to happen. Hold on to hope. Verse 8 says, So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You know, what, what, they, what they say here, there was 28 different groups of priests. And so it, it was like they, they would take the time to, to draw straws or they would cast lots to know which priestly order would be the one to go into the temple to offer sacrifice before God. And, and for some of these priests, it was really a once-in-a-lifetime thing that would happen in their life. Some of them would never, ever get in there. And so it just so happened that Zechariah, his priestly order was chosen. And then it came down that he was the one that was, the, the lot fell on, that he was going to be the one to go into the presence of God and into the temple to offer incense before God. What, what a big deal this was in his life. He gets to go into that place the curtain would be there, and behind that veil would be the presence of God and the holies of holies. It's a very holy and a very sacred occasion for any priest to get to do this. What a great honor this would be for Zechariah. And, and the, the, these priests, they believed that God orchestrated. Who was the guy, who was the priest that would have the turn in the temple? And so it fell on Zacharias to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And verse 10 says, And the whole multitude of the people, everybody that didn't get to go into the presence of God, they were on the outside, that they were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. I think his brother Andrew in the production last night 
you know, the angel spoke to him and said, don't be afraid. I, I think that's the common greeting by all the angels in the word of God. <laughs> Do not be afraid. Zacharias heard that. He said, do not be afraid, Zacharias. I wonder why the, the angels always said that. Because I think they were fearful. I think they were afraid. It was to calm them down. You know, these people, they, they didn't have a chance to, to really get into the presence of God, if ever. And, and when they had an angel appear, it was like they had a great reverence for the presence of God, and they didn't take these moments lightly. So, so Zacharias is, is standing here, his, his one big time in the temple to offer incense. And he's standing there, and there's an angel appears. And the angel says, do not be afraid. The angel goes on to say in that verse, what's it say? For your prayer is heard. Wow. Can you imagine? How, how many years had they prayed for a child? How many decades had they prayed that God would come? The Bible just said, we, we don't even know. I'm sure Zacharias' mind starts racing. Like, Which one? Which prayer? Which prayer? I'm sure he prayed a lot of prayers. But the Bible lets us know that he says, your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Hey, Johnny. Any Johns in the room? No, no Johns. This is not just any John. This is like the John, the Baptist John. This is like the forerunner of Jesus Christ, John. He didn't know all that at the time, but the angel goes on to tell him a little bit of a, a, a description. It says, and you will have joy and gladness. Well, if you've been waiting for a baby for who knows how many decades... If you're going to have a baby, I'm sure that it would bring joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at John's birth. John will be great in the sight of the Lord. John shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. John will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And John will turn away, turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Excuse me, John's going to turn... The children of Israel, God's chosen people, to God? Why would John have to turn many? Everybody say many. many. Why would he have to turn many children of Israel back to God? Because many of them had given up their hope. God hadn't answered for hundreds of years. God hadn't spoken. He hadn't done anything. But now, there's going to be this baby by the name of John born. And John was going to come on the scene and God, John was going to turn many of the children of Israel back to God. He goes on to say in verse 17, He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias, I mean, he's taking all this in. I'm sure his eyes were like bugging out and he's like probably shaking. And he, he, he says to the angel, how, like, how will I know this is going to happen? I'm old. And Elizabeth, she's old too. 
How, like, how is this going to happen? I'm glad you heard my prayer and all, but really maybe you just came a little bit too late. Like if you had to come in our 20s or 30s or maybe even our 40s maybe, but, but we're well advanced in years. Like this angel gets a little almost indignant. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. Like I'm not just any angel. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you this glad tidings. Like, you better, you better receive this, basically is what he's saying. He says, behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be, will be fulfilled in their own time. I, I want to encourage someone today. Sometimes we just got to keep our mouths shut. If God said it, I'm going to trust it. It might not seem like it. I don't feel it. It's been a long time. God hasn't answered yet. But if the word of God says it, I think, I think Zachariah wished he could have taken those words because really he's now got to deal with some stuff for nine months because he didn't believe. But the word of God lets us know here through the angel that God's will, God's word, it will be fulfilled at the appointed time. God's timing is never our timing. God's calendar never really matches with my calendar sometimes. Does God's calendar match with yours most of the time? Usually God's timing and, and God's calendar is, is a, little, it's a little different than ours. But I want to encourage you that, that God's word will be fulfilled. Verse 21, and the people waited for Zacharias. This whole group of people is outside wondering what is going on in there. They marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. He was just going to go in and light some candles and leave. But, but this whole experience took place. He had this grand experience with the angel of the Lord. And, and, and in verse 22, but when he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They perceived he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. He, he, he began to try to talk, you know. I, I, I envision this as the first game of charades. You know, I don't know what he was doing, but he, he was doing stuff. He, he couldn't talk anymore. A vision? First word? <laughs> I, I don't know what he did. But he, he had to explain that something took place when he was in the temple. And the Bible says that they perceived, that, that what they got from what he was telling them with the, the beckoning and the signs... That, that really, he had seen a vision. He couldn't speak. Nine months he couldn't speak. Can you imagine? Husbands. <laughs> ladies. He's around, but he can't say anything. <laughs> it might be peaceful. 
So verse 23, so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, he had a time to complete his service in the temple, that he went home to his house. Now after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. She hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord hath dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. It's amazing what God can do in a very short period of time. It's amazing the miracles that God can take place. It's not just a miracle of, okay, they're going to have a baby. These were old people. These were people that it, it was over. There was no chance of them having any more kids. But God was gearing up for a big event. This is the remnant that had been waiting. This is the remnant that had been faithful. This is the remnant that had been serving God day after day, week after week. They're looking forward to the promise that the Messiah will come. There was a hope that was down in their hearts. Messiah's coming. They'd had it passed down from their parents. There's coming a day that this promise would be fulfilled. We're not going to get into this right now, but look at the, the next two verses. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. God was going to fulfill his promise. They'd been for 700 years, some of those people, they'd been waiting on the promises of the Messiah to come. Born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, the child, you know, is going to be the ruler. They, they were waiting for the promise. This is the gift I want us to get this Christmas. It's the gift of hope. It's the, it's the gift that God is going to stay faithful to his promise. It's the promise that God, His Word, is going to stay true. It might be good times and it might be bad times, but God is going to be faithful to His promise. It might be joyful and it might be times of sorrow, but the Word of God is true and God is going to be faithful. Even when you don't see it, He's working. Even when you don't feel it, He's working. I want to tell someone, encourage some saint that has been serving God for a long time. Stay faithful. Don't throw in the towel. Because if you stay faithful, you're going to see God come through. You're going to see God come through when, when it seems like he's not going to come through. This Christmas story of Zacharias and Elizabeth, it brings us the gift of hope. We need to keep hope alive in our lives. I don't know what you've been praying for. I don't know what's ha not happened in your life yet. Maybe it's a wayward child away from God. Maybe it's a healing you need in your body. Maybe it's a relationship that's messed up that you're trying to see fixed. Maybe it's a financial miracle that hasn't happened yet. It might seem like God's not coming through. It, it, it might seem like it's never going to happen. 
but I want to tell you this word is true. This word is true. It's forever settled in heaven. The promises in this book you can stand on. Two final verses of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For, read that next word with me. All. Not just some of the promises. For all the promises in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us all the promises you mean the one that I'm looking for God to yes all the promises you mean that one about healing my body the stripes were laid upon his back for my healing yes that one I'm, I'm saying that's a promise for you today Hebrews 10, 23. We read it at the beginning of our message today. Let us hold fast. Everybody say hold fast. Let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't waver in this. It's not a worldly hope. It's a biblical hope. It's a confidence. It's an assurity. It's a certainty that God is going to come through for you. For He who promised is faithful. Let's all stand today. Let's bow our heads. His promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, God. His promise still stands. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. God, you never, God, you never fail. I might not have seen it yet, but God, your promise still stands. Promise still Hallelujah. Stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. I'm going to open this altar. There are people here you've been praying for something you guys not answered yet. I'm going to open this altar. This is the chance for you to come out and say, God, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to keep on trusting. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to stand on your word. God, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to serve you every day of my life. God, I'm going to keep on living for you because I know you're going to come through for me. If that's you today, if you've got something you need God to do in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your body, I'm inviting you to step out right now. We're going to take some time at this altar. Come on, everybody come. You need God to do something. You need God to show up in your life. You need God to answer this prayer. I want to encourage you. Hold on to hope. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing. 
because God is going to come through for you. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Begin to lift up your voices before God. Let God do a work in your spirit today. God, oh God, I'm going to believe you. God, I haven't seen it yet. But God, I'm going to trust you. God, I haven't seen it yet. But God, But you have never failed me In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I've been waiting for Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.